to thank Esther and Alex for leading us in worship there as we went through those songs and pray that even as we are not able to gather physically together, uh, but that is an opportunity for you to come to the throne of God and worship together from all of our different homes and places where we are. We're thankful for technology, uh, that we're able to continue to do this together and lift up God's name and praise him together as well. We're in Hebrews chapter 10, the end of chapter 10 and 11 again this morning as Kyleo read for us already. We're going to start in verse 39. Before we do that, I just want to take a moment and again recognize the situation that we're in. We're thankful for the opportunity that we have to still worship together, but we really want to make sure that in this time of crisis, you're able to share with the church and we're able to carry each other's burdens well. So we would ask you, if you have a need uh, that has risen from this crisis or this time, uh, whether that is uh, a lack of uh, essential items that you need or uh, an inability to go out, uh, or it's just you need prayer. If you have been bound by fear or anxiety or different things, we're going to talk a little about that in God's Word today, but we're also going to encourage you to reach out so that we can be praying for you and interceding for you and meeting whatever needs you have as well. If there are things that you have, you're on the elderly side or, or at risk and not should not be out shopping or getting food or doing different things, we're here. We want to help. So please let us know. You can comment right on our Facebook site. You can also go directly to our website, reallifephilly.org, and you can make uh, send a message to, to us there. Brett will receive it. He'll pass it on, and we'll try to meet those needs. Most importantly, we remember that God is a God of promises. And his promises are what take away our fear. God promises us a number of things in Scripture, especially for troubled times. And here's just a short list of some characteristics that God gives us in troubled times. He reminds us that he is our fortress, he is our shield, he is our helper, he is our rock, he is our deliverer, he is our perseverer, he is our savior, he is our preserver, he is our comforter, he is our healer, he is our defender, our strength. And Philippians 4 tells us that he provides peace that passes understanding. So no matter what our earthly circumstances are, Jesus is peace and brings peace to those who are in him. We're thankful for that. And we're going to pray together. I'm going to pray after we read our section of scripture this morning, and then we will dig right in. Hebrews 10 verse 39 says this, But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Will you pray with me? Father, we ask that you would have your hand upon our hearts this morning, that you would draw us to yourself, and especially as we look into your word, Lord, we ask that you would remind us that your word is what brings life, that you have sent your Son to save us from sin and to give us new life in this world. We ask and we pray against fear and anxiety, uh, then not only this morning, Lord, but every day. We ask that your people would wake up in the morning being reminded of your promises, and that because we can rely on you, and because you are never changing, that we would be able to have peace in this world. Have your hand upon our teaching this morning, Lord. We ask that anything that is helpful would be carried forward. We ask that 
anything that is distracting would fall by the wayside. And most importantly, Lord, that we would see you more clearly because we've spent time together singing, praying, looking into your word, and uh, worshiping together this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, last week, Kyleo took us through the end of chapter 10 in Hebrews, and we've been in this series for quite some time, number of months, and one of the things that he closed with last week as we transitioned from the warning and encouragement of chapter 10 into chapter 11 is we're transitioning to this topic of faith, and the author of Hebrews is digging deep into this idea of faith because it is essential to the Christian life. So one of the things that Kyleo shared with us last week is this. He said, faith is all about the future. Tim Keller also said, hope is being able to borrow from the future. And as we look at what we're looking at in the text today, Hebrews 11 is this well-known passage. It's, it's considered by many to call the hall of faith, that this is a long list of people who have gone before us, saints who have uh, gone before us that have followed God faithfully and trusted him in circumstances that didn't make sense to them or even things that they had not seen yet into the future. It's a wonderful passage. We're going to take our time as we go forward in future weeks and take these people one at a time, these men and women of faith, and, and use them as examples for our own life. But today what we want to do at the beginning of chapter 11 is we want to set the basis of what faith is. And our sermon title today is just that. What is faith? See, faith can get kind of misused sometimes, where it can be uh, this very nebulous idea that, that it's just a hope in something, and we're, we're very hopeful. But faith is more than that. Biblical faith is more than an emotional kind of wishful thinking. It's not just wishful thinking. It's much more than that. Biblical faith is inner conviction based on the Word of God. That's the definition we're going to be using both as we look this morning into God's Word at the beginning of chapter 11 as we go forward. Biblical faith is this. It is the inner conviction based on the Word of God. If you're part of our local church family, hopefully you've received one of these as we've been walking through Hebrews. It's our scripture journal and we're going to encourage you to have your Bible open and have your scripture journal open, be ready to take some notes, and most importantly, write down that definition as we go forward. Biblical faith is inner conviction based on the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 10, verse, or Romans chapter 10, verse 17 says this, So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the Word of Christ. So as we start talking about faith, and we're going to use this term very often going forward in chapter 11, we want to make sure that we're defining this in a biblical terminology. Faith is based upon the Word of God. It's not based upon our own character. It's not based upon our hopes and dreams and aspirations. It's not based upon our changing circumstances, which we all know in today's present day and age, our circumstances are ever-changing, it seems like by the hour. It's not based on those. It's based on the unchanging Word of God. So faith comes from hearing, and hearing through the word of Christ, Romans 10, 17. So as biblical faith is the inner conviction based on the word of God, as we look at what faith leads us to in the life that we are to live, Scripture gives us some very clear examples. Verse 39 of chapter 10 says this, 
after this great warning, we looked at that last week. If you, if you weren't able to join us, go back, pick up the audio, video, watch that as uh, Deacon Kylea walked us through the end of chapter 10, both a warning towards walking away from our faith or, or drifting away from our faith and an encouragement that as he wraps up that chapter, the people he's writing to, the Hebrew believers, they were not those who shrunk back. So verse 39 says, we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed. So that's not the category of the people listening to him. And, and uh, my prayer is that's not the category of the people that are listening today, that we are people of faith, people of conviction based on the word of God, which does not change. But he says instead in verse 39, we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who have faith, who have an inner conviction based on the word of God, but of those who have faith and preserve their souls. So at the end of chapter 39, the writer of Hebrews is assuring the hearers that they are people who have persevered and exhorting them to continue to persevere in that. How does he do that? Look at chapter 11, verse 1. He leads in by taking us through this definition of faith. He says in verse 1, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. This definition is one that, that should speak to our souls. And we're going to pull a couple of these words out and give us very, very clear definitions of them. We're going to do that with assurance and conviction. So if you're note-taking, you're underlining, you're highlighting, you're writing some things, underline those two words, assurance and conviction. Faith is. The author takes us right to this. He says, I want you to know what faith is. And not only what faith is, but how faith works. Faith is something that as we believe and as we follow the Word of God, it changes who we are and therefore we live differently. Faith is the assurance. Let's start there. The idea of assurance is this. A definition is a positive declaration intended to give confidence. There's two definitions I found as I was working this through. A positive declaration intended to give confidence. And the second one is a promise. An assurance is a promise. It is given so that we can have confidence. It's not a blind hope. It's a true hope in something that is going to happen. A promise of God. We've been talking in the last few chapters of Hebrews, particularly all the way back, where God makes promises and we can rely on his promise. And he doesn't promise like we promise. And we, we've been talking about how that is a totally different scenario. Our promises are actually things that we hope to do. God's promises, since he already knows the future, his promises are secure. They do not change. They always come to fruition. Faith, and this is a biblical faith, faith is the assurance of God's promises. As we are assured of the things we hope for, see, we're hoping, but God's not hoping that what he says will come true. He knows what he says will come true. He knows that his promises are already secure. So it's an assurance of things that we hope for, but God already knows. He goes on and says, not only is faith an assurance, but it's also 
the conviction of things not seen. The second word we're going to pull apart here is conviction. Faith being described as an assurance of things hoped for. The, the secure promises of God that we hope for and God already knows are true. The assurance of things hoped for. The conviction of things not seen. And here's why I believe the Lord uses the author in these two different words. Give the, gives the author these two different words. A conviction is defined as this. The quality of showing that one is firmly convinced of what one believes. So see, belief and conviction are two different things. Belief or the assurance, we'll use belief and assurance as the similar words here in the first part of this verse. The belief, the assurance of God's promises leads to the conviction of things not seen. See, the conviction being defined as the quality of showing that one is firmly convinced of what one believes. And what is the quality of showing that you are convinced of something? You live in light of it. Your life fleshes out. Your conviction, right? We've, we use this term all the time, and people have historically used it. If you live a life of conviction, it's not just a life of belief, but it's a life lived. It's actual actions. It's, it's things you do. It's the decisions you make. It's the way you go throughout your day. That is your conviction to live a particular way. The conviction of things not seen. We're going to look at that, that term not seen a little bit later. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, of God's promises. It's the conviction of things not seen, meaning we live differently because we are assured of God's promises. So our life looks different because of what we believe. The book of James, which follows Hebrews here, is the book uh, that really fleshes this out for us, this relationship between faith and works, right? Faith and light. And this relationship that goes back and forth. And, and your works, your actions in life don't save you. Your faith saves you. But your faith saving you leads you to have very different actions. I think this comes right out of the warning that's given in chapter 10. Those who endure are living a life of conviction based on faith. Staying true to the things that God has promised and what he has done in your life is the conviction of things unseen. When the Holy Spirit gives us faith through his word, the very presence of that faith is all the evidence that we need. So you may be asking yourself that question, what, do, what is it that we're assured of? What is it that we're going to live a life of conviction based on? It's based on the fact that the Holy Spirit brings faith into your life, and the faith that you have is the actual evidence that you need. That God is in control of the universe that he loves you more than you'll ever know, and that he brings to you the faith that you need to trust in him. Often I think that's one of the things that we struggle with, honestly, in living a life of conviction based on faith, is we ask ourselves, what has God really proven to me? What has he shown me? The reality is we're human, we have very short-term memories, and some of our short-term memories are shorter than other people's. And we have a hard time remembering what God has done. 
the entire rest of this chapter is full of reminders of God instilling faith in people and their lives changing and the course of the world being affected by that faith. See, not only does faith not originate with us, the Holy Spirit brings it to us, but it doesn't even bank on us. It banks on the Word of God. So it's founded on the Word of God. It's brought to us by God. See, we need to understand what faith really is. It's not your emotions. It's not a particular feeling you're have, having. It's not the up and down swing of what's going on day to day or how you wake up and how you didn't. I, for me personally, I think one of the things that really affects my, my tenacity of conviction is my physical well-being, right? And I've had physical issues in the past, but even this past weekend, I was helping uh, my boys, and quarantine's a horrible thing. We're not necessarily quarantined, but we're, we're, we're kind of directed towards self-isolation. And being in the house with uh, six people and not going anywhere can, can wear on you after a while. So one of the things that we wanted to do is our basketball hoop across the street had been broken. So boys really wanted me to, to get that up and running because if they're going to be around every day, uh, they need to leave the house at some point and do something else for everyone's sanity. So they asked me, okay, we need to fix this. So I had another backboard that we were going to take down and replace and all this kind of stuff. And the day that we go to do this, two days ago, I wake up and, and there is a part of my physical well-being that's not working right. My back was totally out. And I knew I had to go do this physical project in order to keep my wife and I saying, and the kids occupied. So we get out, we start doing this. By the end of the day, uh, we had gotten most of it done. I was more sore than I was earlier. I had trouble sleeping that night. Wake up the next morning, Saturday morning, and basically, here's one of the things God hit me with, because I've been studying this passage, and we were going to preach it to you this morning, and one of the things God said is, remember, your life is not secure because you feel good. There's a lot of people in our world that are dealing with this virus that's come down and, and plagued not just our country, but all around the world. And the reality is, whether you're scared about this virus, whether you're not, whether you're, you're living in fear or anxiety, whether you feel like you can just seclude yourself and that's where your faith is based, or whatever it is, the Lord reminds us that our physical well-being does not determine God's promises. God's promises are always true. It's an assurance when we live by faith. It's a conviction that when I wake up and I might not feel right, I'm still going to live the way God's called me to, no matter how I feel. Faith drags our emotions into reality. That's something that was said to me a long time ago, and I've tried to hold on to it, that faith and obedience drag our emotions into reality. Because what God says and what God's done and what God calls us to is eternal reality. Not our temporary circumstances. J. Oswald Sanders, who was an author, he'd written over 50 books, uh, Christian books on Christian living. He was also the director in the 50s and 60s of China Inland Mission. Um, he has a quote out of this one book that he wrote, Biblical Men of Faith. It was published in 1965, and here's the quote. It says, Faith enables the believing soul 
to treat the future as the present. Read that again. Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as the present and the invisible as the seen. Dr. Sanders gives us a good word there to remind us of what faith really is because if we are believing the future as the present and the invisible as the seen, we will live differently in today's day. The soul being able to treat the future as the present. What is that future for the believer? What is that future that the author of Hebrews is directing his people towards? It is the future of eternity in heaven based upon God's eternal promise to secure and hold forever those who have come to faith through him. See, that's the thing we're called to do as Christians. We're called to live today like we already know eternity will be. What does that look like in our world? It looks like not being people who are shaken and thrown about by every wave of the sea. It looks like people that are not crumbling because we watch the news. It doesn't mean you put your head in the sand and ignore everything going around you. It means that in light of everything going on around you, you have an assurance of things hoped for and a conviction to live based on those assurances from God. See, as people of faith, we can allow our souls to treat the future as the present and the invisible as the seen. Because God's given us a picture of the future, has he not? He describes to us eternity. He's given to us an amazing layout of not only what he's always done and what his character has always been, but what his character is now and what he's doing in our world and what his character will always be and what heaven will be like. We don't know all the details, but we've got a pretty good picture of what eternity will be. God promises, therefore it comes to fruition, and we live a life of conviction based on what he has said. Belief is the attitude that something is true. Conviction is how you live in light of that truth. Belief is the attitude that something is true. Conviction is how you live based on that truth. Verse 2. After giving us that some clarity and definition there in verse 1, the author goes into verse 2. He says, for by it, by what? By faith. When there's people in the room, I like to have us repeat some things once in a while. That's what it is. So, for by it, faith, the people of old received their commendation. What was their commendation? What does commendation even mean? Commendation is defined as a praise or an award. See, the rest of the chapter is the commendation of the people who have lived by faith. It says, for it by the people of old received their praise, their award, their commendation, because they lived a life of conviction based on what they knew to be true about God. 
verse 3. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. This takes us directly back to that definition. That faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as the present, the invisible as the seen. See, God doesn't work all the time in what you can tangibly see with your human eyes. He works outside of that. Scripture tells us that the battle we fight is not one seen by human eyes. It's not just physical, but it's spiritual. It's in the realms of the spiritual. It's in things you can't see all around you all the time. See, this helps in a time like today because, frankly, I can't see a virus. I can't see it to avoid it. I can't see it to wipe it away with a Clorox wipe. I can't know where it is and go somewhere else. It's, it's unseen. And the reality is the unseen can do one of two things in our lives. The unseen can breed fear because we think we don't know what it holds. Or it can bring assurance because we know what the unseen holds. See, we don't hold the future in our hands. God holds the future in his hands. We have a choice to make in our life and in our worlds. The reality is we didn't plan to preach this passage knowing that the coronavirus would be spread all around the U.S. and the world and that we would be contained in our houses and not able to go to work and not able to live freely. We didn't plan that when our preaching schedule came out six, eight months ago. And we started into this book of Hebrews. But I can tell you this. This is the word we need today. Right now. We need to be encouraged to live lives of unshakable, secure assurance in the promises of God. How do we know what those promises are? We know by history and the Word of God. Verse 3 does this amazing piece where I love the fact that God reveals himself to us through the story of time. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the Word of God. So where does he start? He starts at the beginning. Your faith is not only as old as your physical life. My faith isn't based on the 44 years that I've lived in this world. My faith is based on the creator of the universe before time began. See, if we don't understand that creation is the inauguration of God living and dwelling and working with his people, if we don't go back to the beginning, he goes right back to Genesis 1 here to talk about our faith. If we don't go back to that point, we won't have the firm foundation that God wants us to have. By faith we understand the universe was created by the word of God. How? How is that related to faith? Because we didn't see it. I wasn't there. You weren't there. We didn't actually get to witness the creation of the universe by God's spoken word coming into fruition. But we believe that to be true because, number one, all evidence points to that being exactly the truth. Because we are centered upon the fact that God existed before the world began and his simple words spoke everything into existence. 
so that what was seen, what is seen, is not made out of things that are visible. I got to tell you, this is a conversation I have. I have it with my kids. I have it with other people all the time, right? This idea that if you can erode creation, you can get people away from God. It's a lie from the devil. The idea that two particles collided and everything came into being after that, that's a lie. To be completely honest, if you just take a step back and look at it, it is preposterous. It's crazy to think that everything we see came from a chance encounter. Now, we know that the evidence points to the fact that there are particular things about our world, about a creation, about our own bodies, about the, the makeup of how we work and what holds everything together that we just simply cannot humanly explain. And that's because God did it. What is seen today, this podium, my hands, the world around us, is not made out of things that are visible. One of my favorite terms in Scripture comes in Genesis 1. It's this term, ex nihilo. It's the idea that God made everything out of nothing. Out of nothing. We, we, we can't fathom that. We don't know how that works. Right, one of the basic laws of science is matter can neither be created nor destroyed. And while that's true in our reality, it's not true in God's because he made matter out of nothing. He created it. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. Through faith we can see what others cannot. We can see God working in our lives. We can see God working in our homes. We can see God working in our communities. We can see God at work in our country and in our world. We can see God at work in the midst of a health crisis because we see God at work even though it's not just visible to the human eye. What is it like to live a life of faith now? It's getting in line with the saints who have gone before us. Through faith, we can see what others cannot. Through faith, Noah saw coming judgment, and he lived based on that conviction that it would be true. Through faith, Abraham's, Abraham saw a future city, even though he didn't physically see it when God called him out to follow him. Through faith, Joseph saw an exodus from Egypt, even though it happened 400 years later. Through faith, Moses saw God. See, we get in line with the saints who have lived lives of faith based on the assurance of the promises of God and a life lived on that conviction. So you might be asking, how can I live a life of faith when everything around me seems to be crumbling? My security, my job, which has most definitely probably changed in the last few weeks. My security and my freedoms to go about and do whatever I want and get what I need, which has definitely changed in the last few weeks. How can I live a life of faith when it looks like everything's falling apart? 
you live a life of faith when it looks like everything's falling apart, knowing that what you see is not the whole of reality. But what God says and has shown us, not just today, but for thousands of years, all the way back to the beginning of time in creation, that's how you can live a life convicted of faith today in the midst of all the unknowns. Faith, faith accomplishes things. It accomplished things in Moses' life, in Abraham's, and Joseph, and Moses, and in many others we'll be looking at in this chapter going forward. Faith accomplishes things because there is power in the Word of God. The Word of God is what reveals to us what we have faith in. This shows us who God is, what He's done, how uniquely He's worked since the beginning of creation to today and how He will work going forward. Faith accomplishes things because there's power in the Word of God. We need to remember this truth. As followers of Jesus, we are not people who live a life of faith based upon changing circumstances. Instead, we live a life of faith based on the Word of God. So next time you have one of those moments where you're wondering if you're going to survive the current crisis, next time you have one of those moments where you're thinking, the stock market's crashing, I don't know about my future economically, the next time you have one of those moments where you just think to yourself, I can't stay another day inside my house, the next time you have one of those moments, don't go to human rationalization and wisdom. Go to the Word of God. Go to Psalm 91. Go to Philippians chapter 4. Go to the Word of God and remind yourself of who He is and what He's done and the fact that you can live a life of conviction based on the assurance of God, His character, and His work. When we believe what God says, the power of the Word accomplishes things in our lives. The same word that acted powerfully in the old creation acts today in the new creation. The same word of God that brought about the creation of the whole world in the old creation, now in the new creation of lives lived with the Holy Spirit empowering us to live for Jesus, that same word acts in the new creation. We're called, we're challenged, we're previously warned in chapter 10 to not drift away and be people who lack faith, but then we're assured at the end of chapter 10 that, no, the people of God are the people of faith. And here we're defined for us what this faith actually is. Assurance of promises that God has given us. Conviction, lives lived differently based upon what we know to be true about God. I'll give you the quote one more time from Dr. J. Oswald Sanders. It says, Faith enables the believing soul to treat the future as the present and the invisible as the seen. The future is the present, the invisible as the seen. We'll continue on walking our way through what that looked like for the saints before us how that faith was fleshed out, how their lives actually lived out completely differently because they believed God's word.
And my prayer is that we would be challenged as we go, that our lives would look differently, that we would live lives of firm conviction based upon the faith that the Holy Spirit has brought us through his word. God's people should not be people who are easily shaken. That doesn't mean you won't be shaken. But it shouldn't be easy. It doesn't mean you won't have moments of fear. But they shouldn't characterize your life. It doesn't mean that things won't be hard, that circumstances won't look untenable, that the future won't be in question in this world. But we know what the ultimate future holds. Therefore, we live based on eternal reality. Conviction based on truth. That's what the life of the believer looks like. There are many saints who have gone before us. We're going to look at some as we get into verse 4 through the end of this chapter. And we all hopefully know people in our own lives who are saints that have gone before us. Remind yourselves of the faithful who have followed God for a lifetime. And look at their lives, how they were convicted to live based upon the promises of God and the faith brought to them through the Holy Spirit. Let's just read these three verses as we close again. Verse 1 of chapter 11. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. 